we are um, continuing our series in 1 John and it's just been great to just go over and over the topic of, of covenant love and the necessity and the importance and the centrality that love is to the church and the calling of every Christian and also the, the heart of the changed nature of every Christian. So we're continuing on in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 this morning. The first verse is what we uh, had last week. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The first verse says, we love because he first loved us. And we heard earlier in the chapter, in verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love because he first loved us. In other words, uh, we couldn't love until he loved us. Uh, This is love, not that we loved God. These verses show that we're actually incapable of love until God does something to us. Everything good, such as love, comes from God. It doesn't actually come from us. There's nothing in us that actually deserved God's love. In fact, everything in us caused an unworthiness to receive his love. We weren't worthy of his love. We just can't have the idea that God chose to love us because he saw something in us that deserved that love. That he saw something like people say, oh, he saw we had a good heart or we had potential. No, God is love and he chose to love us because That's what his love's like because that's what he's like. Romans 5 says, When we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Us human beings were dead in our sin. And God wasn't moved by anything in us. He was moved by his own everlasting love for us. So we love because he first loved us. But John's saying more than that in this statement. He's saying that we do love. He's saying something very practical for our lives. God started with love. It started with his love for us. But then as a result of his love for us, his love does something in us. It creates a love in us. And the result of him loving us is that now we love God and we love one another. Verse 17 said, in this way, love is made complete or love is made perfect amongst us or in us. God hasn't only just loved us so that we could be forgiven and saved from hell and saved from punishment. God's plan was to produce a certain type of person, a new race, a new generation, a new being, a new creation. And these people, these children will be modelled on the Lord Jesus, who's God's son. He is the firstborn among many brothers. And him as the firstborn, he is the son of the father, so he looks like the father, he acts like the father, and so he's the firstborn among many, and we are 
similarly recreated in the image of Christ. Who is the image of the Father? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, some versions have we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And if we look at the teachings of the Bible, it becomes clear that the main work of a Christian is to love. It's actually God's purpose for us on this earth. Because of the definition that this world that we have around us has of love, we might think that love is kind of an easy thing, a natural thing. But you see, this love that God has, this love that he is, this love that therefore we get and that we are changed to and therefore that we are, this love is a radical love. It's nothing like the love of this world. This is the love where God, we've read before, loved his enemies. And that is the love that comes to life in us. And we love our enemies too. And those enemies means those people who really annoy us, those people who hate us, those people who try to harm us. This is a love, as uh, God has a love for us, as um, <clears throat> Psalm 103 says, that does not treat us as our sins deserve, doesn't treat us as we deserve. And then when we receive that love, we don't treat others as they deserve either. Jesus loved those who are outcasts in the world, and Christians display this same sort of love. We love those that the world hates. We don't just love those who are like us. We don't just love those who are easy to love. Right from the start of John, 1 John, but also through all his writings, it is the most obvious test of a Christian is the quality and the nature of their love. The Christian is not marked out by being a person who works hard, who has lots of zeal, is successful and popular, or gives lots. A Christian is known by their love. We love because he first loved us. Verse 20 says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he's seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. Gee, this is a strong teaching. Because here's this person who says, I love God. And it's obvious in practice, though, that he hates his brother or his sister. He doesn't talk to his brother. He bitches about him. He, he complains about them. He gives nothing to his brother. He refuses to forgive his brother. He's annoyed by his brother. Actually, without saying it, he hates his brother. And God says, this man is a liar. When, when is he a liar? He's a liar when he says he loves God. He doesn't love God. It's impossible that he loves God, or else, if he did love God... He would love his brother. That's what John's saying. In other words, the love of God works out in us, and if the love of God is not working out in us, then it's clear that we don't love God. Now he says, For anyone who does not love his brother whom he's seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. He's saying that, that the love of God and the love for one another, they run together. They are joined. They are one. 
And so in Matthew uh, 22, Jesus said, and we know this passage well, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. These two commandments, one flows from the other, but one is not found without the other. You, you, you can't say you love God and not love your neighbour, and you can't love your neighbour without having loved God. That love would be a false love. It wouldn't be a true love or a godly love. These commands are commands. They are what Jesus says we should do with our life, with our time, with our effort, even with our money, with all that we are. God is commanding us to do something. We, we think so much about our Christian life and, and we hear people say, God is calling me to something great. Well, I want to tell you what God's calling you to. He's calling you to love him. Love him. He's calling you to love one another. The great calling without that love is not of God. To love one another as he has loved us. You see, that is the command of God that we're called to. See, sometimes we think it's everything is about our personal Christian life. So we spend our time, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we spend the time reading books about being good Christians and making ourselves holy and getting rid of sin, getting our disciplines right of praying and read the Bible. Now, all these things are good, but the problem is that you can have a person who reads their devotions, who's trying to get rid of sin, who who uh, is is dis- has these disciplines, and yet, they are selfish, they're angry, and they hate their brother. You can have people who lift up their arms in worship or they kneel to pray and they still hate the one sitting next to them. And John's saying this, the love of God is always practical, it is powerful, and it is at work. It works out in the reality of our lives. And we, who love God, love one another. John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. In other words, how can you tell if someone loves God? Because they obey his commands. And what is his commands? To love. It's great to have great experiences of God, but you see, those ecstatic times, uh, they must run with loving one another. If the Holy Spirit were to fill our hearts and give us a great moment, surely that Holy Spirit, whose fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and so on, but love, surely that love would work out in us loving one another. Otherwise, what are those ecstatic experiences? They could just as easily be of the devil. You hear... Great songwriters, and they write songs about love, and they speak of these wonderful feelings, but that is not love, as God describes love. Love is, as we heard in chapter 3 of 1 John, and it is in action and in truth, not just with words and feelings. Let us not love with, with words and tongue, but with action and in truth. Because you see, feelings can be a lie. 
Now, to love like this is, I'll say it again, the main commandment of God. And it is a lifetime calling. It will be something that all of our effort and all of our lives are given to us, given to. Loving God, in one sense, is the most wonderful and the most difficult thing we will ever do. Verse 21 says, And he has given us this command, Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Christians look around at those uh, around them and say, um, Look, God has shown such grace and mercy and love and forgiveness to me when I didn't deserve it. And so I see these other people and I treat them just like God has treated me. And this is the work we've commanded to do, to love as he's loved us. True Christians, as John says, are people who participate in the divine nature, in the nature of God. They've been born again. They've been born of God. This is not just a group of people who've decided to try and be really, really good people. It's not just a group of people who've even decided to become Christians. These are a group of people that God has done a complete overhaul, a complete massive work in their hearts and souls, and the Holy Spirit has produced in them a whole new nature. And they participate in God's nature, in the divine nature. That's what's said in 2 Peter 1. And they reflect the nature and the character of God himself. As humans are in this world, it's actually unnatural for them to love one another. But God does a complete overhaul and now they share in his nature and they love him and they love one another. Therefore, we love one another as Christ has loved us. Now I've said from the start, as we've been talking in 1 John about love, that love is both a fact and a command to the Christian. The Christian It's a fact that their nature has been changed and you will know a Christian because they love. That's how they're known. It is a fact. This is who you now are. But John also says, now this is now who you are. You are one who love is at work in. So therefore, love. And that's a command. Live as I've created you to live. I've made you new. Now be that person that God has has created you to be. I'm going to pray. Father, this is a hard message we've heard this morning, a message which says when we hate our brother, we don't love you. Father, transform us into the character of your son that we might be those who love one another. And we thank you that this Change of character is both a done deal and we thank you also that it is an action that you are producing in our lives and you are working it out and we are being conformed. And Father, I pray that you would just magnify your work in us, that you would amplify it, that you would make it greater, that you would make us more and more like Jesus daily and that you would quicken this work because Father, We don't want to live in this world as people of the world. We want to live as your new people. We want to live as transformed and being transformed people. And Father, we want to be those who love just like you've loved. We want to be those who participate in your nature. So Father, do a mighty work in us by your spirit and transform us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.